Welcome to the Digital Broker Podcast with me, Ryan Deeds, where we help agents and brokers drive profitability through operational excellence. Hey, this is Ryan Deeds with the Digital Broker Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. This is the podcast we talk about employee engagement, technological adoption, uh, all kinds of stuff that makes your agency cool and a great place to work with and work at. Big shout out to Indio, www.useindio.com. Cool product that helps collect data from your prospects, your clients, reduce friction in your organization. This makes it an easier, better place to work. If you don't know them, you should. Check them out www.useindio.com. I am super excited today. It's been a good day. I've had a great couple of weeks at work. Um, and I'm just interested in organizations' compensation strategies, I think, right now. I've been looking through a lot of different data points with agencies and seeing how different agencies do things. And I thought we would discuss that. You know, I, I'd gotten to a discussion about agency compensation from a producer perspective uh, with a couple principles. And obviously it's a, it's a challenging thing to, to handle and to deal with, you know, and I think that as we break down the strategy of producer compensation, you know, one of the keys there is attracting the talent. You know, how do I get, how do, how do I as an agent have a competitive package to offer the producers? Um, but compensation ultimately says so much about a firm. And, and, and the more data that I play with, the more that I feel like that is a... That's a true statement, you know, a firm that gives 60% new business and 30% renewal business is a firm that highly, highly incentivizes the creation of new business. I, I think that that statement is, is correct. We've got to create compensation mechanisms that align with our goals. And if we incentivize new business generation for producers over renewal business, then obviously they they are much more likely to go after uh, new business, which we need to keep bringing in to make sure that our agency is growing. But I think it's a challenge today. I mean, operationally, in the agencies that I'm working with, they have to deliver so much more than they used to. And, and you know, a while back, the producer was a was much more than just a guy. It was really a, a gigantic relationship manager, and they would do a multitude of things um, and have a have a bunch of knowledge about specific areas of risk, um, and then really work on that today a lot of producers are able to take product from their organizations, present themselves as an expert and close the deal. And, and during that process, they learn and if they do that for 20 years, you know, ultimately they become an expert. But I always think about how much overhead the agency picks up today comparative to 
10 years ago, 15 years ago. Not because the agency wants to, but because the client that you're going after demands it. And because the larger agencies are doing it. I mean, you know, when you see a USI put out some kind of benchmark study on a specific industry and they can arm a producer with that study and the producer can go out and sit down with a client of that industry and be able to break down exposures and limits and um, you know what are the, the the frequency and severity of claims for that organization that kind of data that kind of information that kind of tool set that's being provided to that producer is going to increase that producer success ratio a significant amount it also costs a lot of money to create and so, you know, as I look forward and we become a more and more capability-driven industry that you may have a multitude of services that you offer your clients to, to, to have them do business with you, you know, from a new business generation standpoint, what are the core responsibilities of a producer? You know, what is their... And is that well defined in your organization? You know, how do you how do you help them with that? That's I, I, I it's funny because so many agencies that I've seen have a sink or swim mentality when it comes to producers, and I think statistically the success ratio is about thirty three percent. And Producers, most agency principals that I would talk to would say that producers are the hardest thing to find out there. That, you know, if they could put on, you know, enough producers every year to generate 5% of new, 5% of their revenue in new business every year, that would be a, a huge win for them. And obviously, as you grow, that gets much more challenging, you know. And so... I see a multitude of compensation arrangements. Um, and I think one of them is a, a normal split that incentivizes new business generation over renewal business. And that would be, you know, on average, 40% new, 20% renewal, or 40% new, 25% renewal. And then anything that renews, they would get that 25% on, and that's their book of business. Then I go back and I ask the question, what's the producer's responsibility from a renewal perspective? What, what are they doing to renew that business? And how much time is involved with that? You know, I, I would hope that most agencies would be able to segment off a lot of the grunt work for that producer. Again, this comes back to a core definition. You know, what what is a producer in your organization? And what are the responsibilities that the producer has direct control over? Are they logging into the agency management system? What are they really supposed to be doing? And in the organizations that I feel that are the most successful, they have a hyper-focused definition of what a producer is and that is somebody who generates new relationships generates new new business opportunities not adding on lines of coverage you know i've worked in organizations where if i had an account that i added on a line of coverage or the producer added on a line of coverage they would get a 
new percentage on that. Um, I've worked in organizations where they don't get a new percentage on that. But I truly believe that's a service staff's function. And then it goes into the producer's book anyways, you know, unless you're pretty advanced in your coding, you don't want to give credit to it, which I, I don't know that I agree with that. I mean, it is the client of the producer, you know. And then I guess that's an interesting conundrum. The client relationship is brought to the organization via uh, the producer. Does your organization create an institutional relationship outside of that. I think that the further removed the producer is from the renewal process, the more institutionalized that business is. In my perfect situation, the producer shows up for a renewal meeting, shakes a hand, takes the the principal, the, the owner of the company out to dinner or golf or does whatever, and they're done. That was that was what they had to do for the renewal. You know, we had our processes and we had our products and we had all our stuff set up. So the producer didn't have to do anything other than show up and shake the hands and, and, and kind of give the spiel. What are the activities that that producer should be engaged in to maximize what they need to be doing for you? Some agencies have a AE model, especially as, as you go up in revenue size, um, you know, so they have a producer that generates new business. Generally, they have an account manager behind the producer that's doing service work. Once you get to a certain level as a producer, maybe your book's $800,000 in revenue. Maybe we'll slide in an account executive, which handles some high-level technical work, kind of quarterbacks the accounts, um, helps, you know, just offload. The, the problem is... If you don't segment out the renewal process from your producer, they will plateau unless they are just rock stars. And we all know them. I mean, I've met super rock star producers that kill it and they're doing their renewals. And I think, man, what could you have done had we had the processes in place to help reduce the work that you had to do on your renewals? You know? And so I know this is about a little bit about producer compensation, but it's, I guess it's really about producer strategy and maximizing that f as a return for the producer and for the organization. You know, paying 60% new to a producer, I would have a hard time justifying that as an agency principal just because the capabilities that we've invested in over time that the producers leveraging to sell the business, um, which is why I really think, you know, and obviously if you're a producer, you probably hate me, but you know, I think producers should be about 30 to 35% new and 15 to 20% renewal. And then maybe some form of bonus on attaining goal. Maybe you're on a, the, some, some other financial incentive or incentive if you maximize and surpass your sales goal. But I think that we're, we get very nervous about messing with producers because they are often the perpetuating individual in the organization. I know in a lot of the mid-market firms that I work with, if you have a successful producer um, for four or five years and they're successful every year, they start to look like they will become an owner of that organization. And because of that, we don't want to mess with 
our ability to attract and retain them. But I, I just, I, I, I so often think that we use this very glovey approach with the producers when if we had much more clarity and role definition on process uh, mapping and, and all the things that we needed to, the agency itself would be able to make logical, viable arguments on why we should reduce commission percentage. And I, and, and I mean, I, I know, I've been through it. I've seen agencies reduce commission percentage to producers, and no matter what it was, it's never going to go over whiz-bangy, right? And ain't nobody going to be happy about it. But there's something different between being unhappy and I freed up more of your time, um, but your processes have to be in place. I mean, you know, if you bring an AE in and the AE loses uh, two or three accounts and it was the AE, some liability felt with that AE, well, that producer has a right to be angry. Just like if the AE was not armed with knowledge that the producer had and then made them fall through, I mean, it is truly a team effort. It's just like the account manager and the producer. But I think that the more that you process out and define those core things that a producer should do to be successful in your organization, that's where you have some flexibility and some freedom to be able to reduce that commission percentage um, logically. And so, you know, I, there's there's a multitude of ways to, to, to skin that cat, I think. But as you look at growing your firms and as you look at the changes that you're going to have to do, I mean, one of the problems with paying a producer 60% on new is if you don't retain that account for a long period of time, you are losing. And that means that that revenue that you would be dry getting that you can reinvest into capabilities is not there, which sets you further and further back. So yes, we can put on clients, but if I'm paying third is, you know, 40, 50, 60% new business, and I don't retain that account for a couple of years, my, my margins are going to be crappy. And I think that those are all things that have to be taken into consideration. And I've seen, I've seen it happen where a producer moves from production to an ownership role and they start caring more about the collective than their own, just because of their, obviously they're not ultra altruistic, some are, but for the most part, they have a vested interest at that point to move the internal valuation forward. So, you know, their individual compensation is not nearly as important as the growth of the organization as a whole. And I've seen that transition happen where they've, where they've been able to make that change effectively. And, you know, as you think through your producer and sales strategy, if the producer goes out and generates the lead, does the things all themselves, that's a different deal than if I generated the lead for them. You generate the lead for them, operationally, you're, you are spending money to give them a lead to close. Um, you know, if they figured out a process to be able to do that, then that's a different situation. In some of the super big shops, I mean, they're, they're, Compensation is completely different than mid-market firms that are incentivizing salespeople to go sell business. It's just been an interesting experience seeing such a multitude of organizations and how they decide to compensate their, their folks. I, I will tell you that the ones that are the most successful from a margin perspective, from a profitability perspective, are the ones that have a tightly defined producer 
description. They keep them out of the weeds. They keep them focused on new business generation. They pay higher in new commission than they do in renewal, substantially higher in new commission than they do in renewal. I sure I wouldn't be adverse to 60% new if we were paying 15% on renewal, you know. Now, if you have your producer running around doing everything, then, I mean, you, you've got to pay the person higher percentage on renewal. But if you're doing that, you're shooting yourself in the foot because every dollar that goes into that producer's pocket because of lack of his ability or her ability to time manage because your processes suck takes away from your collective ability to bring capabilities to bear upon the clients that you're trying to service and the prospects that you're trying to make into clients. And I think, I mean, we are in a capabilities war. Technology can absolutely be a game changer in the way that it's leveraged to enhance a customer's risk management experience, uh, be that with, um, you know, a succeed management or one of the multitude of platforms that are out there and products that are out there to help your cl agency clients do better. But if you can't afford to get those and you're getting beat by agent and so you're not arming your producer with that ability because you're paying higher commission percentages, not holding onto that business, it becomes kind of a cyclical issue. And it's always a touchy subject. Nobody wants to have those conversations, especially because oftentimes the current owner was a producer getting paid under that higher compensation model. But the reality is you're probably, your organization's probably dropping a lot more spend into capabilities, technology, remote, all the different aspects of running an organization than they ever have before. So... That's what's on my brain today, producer comp, and how you figure it out and what, what matters with it. You know, I'd love to hear how you're dealing with producer compensation. You know, how, especially, you know, during COVID, what the heck has happened with producers during COVID? Are you guys selling? I know a lot of our agencies are still selling. Um, you know, obviously, a lot of the, the credit stuff that's coming back um, from the big carriers is having some impact. But, hey... Hope it's a good day for you. A big shout out to Indio, www.useindio.com. If you don't know him, you should check him out. I'm Ryan Deeds. This is a digital broker. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Indio Technologies. Indio simplifies the insurance application process for brokers and their clients. When using Indio, the process is fast, easy, and E&O free, saving your agency time and money. You can learn more about Indio and register for a one-on-one -on -one demo at www.useindio.com slash podcast. That's www.useindio.com slash podcast.